What's up, sneaker fam? Welcome back to Sneaker Love with Matty Ice. Doing things a little differently here at the top. Getting rid of the intro. I think you kind of know the idea. You don't need me to tell you what the idea is. And so we're here. As I'm recording this, it is Monday, January 16th. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we'll get to that a little bit later. I hope this finds you well. And I certainly appreciate everything that you do for the channel. And of course, before we get started, please like and subscribe. It means the world. And if you want to find me on Instagram or on Twitter, you can find those handles right underneath the video here. So what are we going to get into this week? Well, last week I asked the big question, where are all the dunk retros? Some of you chimed in with some of the, I guess the the answers to the questions that I was looking for last week. I had asked, do you want to see dunk retros redone? Do you want to see more of them the way that Jordan brand does it? And I have to say, I was pretty surprised at the mixed reaction that I received. I think a lot of dunk heads like myself would love to see the old ones redone because we'd love to have access to them in a way that's not just going to the replica market. A great many of you, though, actually told me that you don't want to see them redone. And actually, I think you're very consistent in that regard as it relates to other sneakers like other Jordan retros and so forth, that the past should stay in the past, that these companies should try to do something that's more forward thinking. And that gets me to the first topic of the day. So we're going to do a little bit of a new segment a little bit later on. We're going to do what's called the Ask Matty Ice Mailbag, and that's just the working title of it. But the idea is that I sort of solicited some questions from you all, the listeners, you all, the viewers. And of course, I want to be able to answer those to kind of get that interaction that I've always been looking for as it relates to this channel. So Nike made the news this week in a way that is a little bit different than I think most of us are used to consuming our sneaker news. So Nike made news because they decided as a company, as a brand, that they were going to fire all of their non-vaccinated employees. And perhaps this is getting into a little bit of a different topic, a little bit of a different feel than maybe you're all used to from me. Politics is something that I kind of stay out of in most of my podcasts for the most part, because I think you get enough of that everywhere else. But this is one time where it seems as if sneakers and politics sort of come together. And maybe it's not politics. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's human health, human decency. There's many, many things that you could chalk up this pandemic to, the way that we've reacted to this pandemic, the way that many people have reacted to this pandemic. But I bring it up because I think I I like to think of sneakers as all inclusive, something for everybody. And this particular policy by Nike asks a lot of questions, at least it does for me. So first of all, of course, as it relates to people making a living, we sneaker consumers, of course, I think forget that there are many, many people that bring us the the sneakers and do a lot of work to be able to basically make sure that we are, I guess, have the ability to cop these shoes. We're not guaranteed to cop these shoes, as you all know. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have had an L or two in your lifetime, the same that I have. But there's so many people that touch the the, the the supply chain, the assembly line, everything that goes into it. And I think what ends up happening is we tend to glorify the people that come up with the designs, the people of yesteryear who've come up with the designs, and the people who are giving it to us in consumable form. And I think we sort of forget about the fact that so many people, so many, I hate to say regular people, but so many regular people are responsible for getting us the shoes that we all love and covet. And many of those people are human beings outside of just being employees for whatever sneaker brand it is that we're talking about. And of course, embedded in all of that, and I've talked about this in the sports world before, but embedded in all of that, of course, are opinions and choices that we make, and we all make them. As it relates to this pandemic and this vaccine, a lot of people have made choices that maybe I don't agree with, maybe you don't agree with. And I struggle to think about how it should be handled in this way. Outside of this YouTube channel, outside of this podcast, I work for a company that has mandated that I get the vaccine. 
I had already received the vaccine, so it was really no skin off my back to use a very, very old idiom. But for many, being told that they have to get a vaccine that either they're maybe not sure that they want to get right now or that they don't want to get at all is very uncomfortable. It's very concerning to them. And I can certainly see that perspective. As it relates to Nike, I think the the venture of firing these these non-vaccinated employees maybe may, maybe comes off as noble, but I don't think it's really so. And I, what I really believe is that Nike is looking out for one thing, and that is Nike's bottom line. And this is what I ask of you. Do you care about the morality that your companies have, the company that they keep, the actions that they have? And why do I ask this? Well, last year, or two years ago now, I should, get, I should say, at the wake of the George Floyd murder, now that we know that, there were so many companies who were out of with Black Lives Matter. They were out with, we support all lives, we support black lives, all these other things. But yet when you looked at their books, when you looked at their actions, many of these companies, Nike included, I believe, they were supporting President Trump. They were supporting people who didn't really embody or live out in real live out in reality supporting black lives and supporting police brutality in a way, I mean I mean supporting the lack of police brutality in a way that was meaningful. They were just words. And that's why I asked, do you care about the morality of Nike? Do you care what what Nike does or do you really just care about the product that they have? Many, many people can separate those things. It's like separating the art from the artist. You don't necessarily have to care about Nike's political stances to be able to enjoy their shoes. So I totally get it. I just wanted to put that out there. I guess for me, I struggle because taking away somebody's livelihood for something that has always been a choice up until now, for the most part, it doesn't sit well with me. Even as somebody who is pro-vaccine, who's gotten the vaccine, it still doesn't sit well with me. And Nike made a very, very firm stance that not a lot of companies have really made. And it's putting a lot of people out of work. And I don't know what it's going to do to the supply chain. I don't know what it's going to do to the sneaker releases. But obviously, there are more things at stake here than just the shoes that we want. So I wanted to open up with that. Let me know what you think in the comments, of course, and hit me up on Instagram. So getting to something a little bit less political, a little bit less serious, is looking at the rest of this year. So I've talked about this a couple of times now. I talked about the Dunk Retros last week. I talked about the anticipated sneakers for 2022. And there's a lot of them, folks. Don't get me wrong. And I've talked about before the fact that there are silhouettes and not brands, but silhouettes, colorways that are going to get a little bit more love in 2022. And it's ironic because this this channel, this podcast is called Sneaker Love. So of course, I love seeing more love given to these silhouettes. But I talked about the Jordan 2. And the Jordan 2 is going to get a lot of love this year. It's going to get a lot of love from the hype train, really, because it's going to get love from Union. It's going to get it's already gotten love from Off-White. It's going to get love from Ama Manier. Obviously, these are boutiques. These are companies that have a lot of currency in the hype market today because they have put out so many great products that we just love. And so, of course, we're anticipating them and we're going to want them. One silhouette that has been around so long, and it's a favorite of my friend Cleveland. I don't think I've ever talked about him in this show, but he's a co-host on other shows here at Matty Ice Media Network, and he's a great guy. Now, he's older than I am, and he loves himself some Air Force Ones, and that's a silhouette that you really don't see a lot of love with. I always say this, if you want to know if a sneaker is big or if you want to know if a silhouette is big, really all you have to do to gauge the pulse isn't the retail market because right now the retail market is really dictated by capitalism. People are looking to capitalize and make a lot of money on the fact that sneakers as a commodity have gone way up. They've gone way up since the pandemic, since the last dance, and I don't see them coming down until the market actually crashes. I see them as a commodity very similar to the housing market what, 2008, 2009, when it just came completely crashing down. 
And I think that's going to happen that way because there's no way that it could sustain this kind of economic stability at this height. People are paying astronomical prices for sneakers. People are doing a lot of crazy things for sneakers out there, looting. And if it continues to go up, it's only going to get even more ridiculous. It's going to get harder and harder for people like us. I say us because most of you who are listening to this are probably people who have the same struggles as I do in getting retails. It's why you're here. And the forcing of us to go to the rep market sometimes sucks. Like you want to be able to have what you have. But the rep market really does dictate a lot of what sneakerheads like and want. And it's not just hype. And when you go to the rep market, and again, no shade if you don't do reps, you don't have to. This isn't an endorsement of them. This is an endorsement of either lifestyle. We're just talking about the market as it as it is. Because whether you like it or not, retails and replicas are both markets that are part of sneaker culture now. They're just embedded in there. And whether you support one or the other or both, it really doesn't change the fact that reps and retails are in this together. And it just is. But Air Force Ones don't get a lot of love. And you might say to yourself, well, that's because a lot of the hype train people, right? These influencers, rappers, celebrities really aren't paying a lot of love to it. The one Air Force One that I can think of that was super, super hype, and I believe it was a Travis Scott. And this is way, way back. Ama Manier did a really great Air Force One. I think they did a, a mid or a high and they did a low top. Now, those were awesome. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't nearly as hyped as these others. And I think the Air Force One has sort of been a lost silhouette because I think it just is, I don't want to say plain, but I think it doesn't pop the way that other people think that it popped. But old sneakerheads do remember the Air Force One. Old sneakerheads are probably waiting for this resurgence. Cleveland would tell me about the time where Air Force Ones were really, really difficult to find. They were really, really difficult to get. And you won't ever see that now. Like so often when you go into a store, you can find a pair of Air Force Ones. You can find those crisp whites. Everybody should have one in their collection. How many of you actually do black? Because I, I could never do that. Let me know. Anyway, Air Force Ones are getting a lot of love. The 1997 release of the Independence Air Force One Mid with the strap. Those are so Cleveland's jam. Those are so a lot of old heads jam. And they're really, really great looking. And I wish Nike would pay a little bit more attention to those old silhouettes because they really laid the foundation for what a lot of people are consuming today. Air Force Ones predated Jordans. They predated Dunks. And they really set the tone for what we're seeing now. And I just don't understand why Nike and honestly, sneaker culture as a whole doesn't pay it a little bit more mind, doesn't give it a little bit more of that love because there's a lot of great silhouettes out there excuse me, there's a lot of great colorways out there that to be had. And I just feel like there's there should be more love because really fundamentally speaking, there's not that much difference between a Jordan 1 and an Air Force 1. There just isn't. Sure, a little bit bulkier on the Air Force 1 side, but aren't bulky shoes in? I mean, isn't Yeezy brand basically making that a thing? Aren't they capitalizing that in a way with all of these different and new silhouettes, which are just bonkers? They're capitalizing on it now. And Nike has an opportunity, and I really hope they bring back the Air Force One in a meaningful way, because I truly believe that it deserves a little bit more love than it's actually getting. So I said that I was going to do something new, and I solicited some questions on Instagram. And again, if you haven't followed me on Instagram, the handle is at the bottom here. Definitely check it out. I solicited some questions because there's a lot of you out there that have a lot of great insight, a lot of great questions. And one of the things I realized that I was not doing was relying on the audience to really help in, help that engagement. It's something that I've always wanted. And I think via YouTube now, where you can see my face, you can kind of understand what I'm all about, or at least better than you could before when it was audio only, I figured, what the hell? Let's do something a little bit different, and let's ask the audience, so to speak. And so I did. And I got a lot of questions. 
And honestly, I was really, really happy with the engagement that I got. So thank you to everybody who, of course, brought in their questions. But one really came to mind. And it is from a from a guy that I know. His name is Enrique. So Enrique, thanks for basically joining the show via this question. And I appreciate you asking this question because I do think that it relates to the final topic that I'm looking to cover here. His question was this, and I'll elaborate. Why do people that are real only always review the worst reps? And so I asked him for clarification because I wasn't quite sure what he was getting at. And what he was getting at are why are these influencers, these reviewers, basically going out and seeking out the worst possible replica of a shoe that they can find in order to compare them to a retail pair that they have access to or early access to? This is really an easy question to answer. And what it comes down to is protecting the brand. So really think about it. If you're talking about an influencer, what is their bread and butter? It's you watching whatever content that is that they're putting out. And don't get me wrong, this show is included in that. I guess by extension in some way, having a YouTube channel and having a podcaster makes me an influencer by extension. However, you don't see any products out here. You don't see me hawking any specific sellers, any specific companies. I'm just talking about sneakers as a whole. So I'm not trying to influence you in any way. I'm just really talking through this stuff as if we were sitting in the same room having a conversation. But these influencers are really out there to influence you. And that's that's the key word here. It's to influence you to do something. If you're if you're somebody like Seth Fowler, right, Fomer Simpson, what is your brand? Your brand is being able to show retail pairs that so many people can't get to the masses. That's one of the things that brings viewers to these sneaker channels. And it doesn't have to be somebody like that. It can be one of these rep tubers that you know. And no, no matter who it is that you're watching, you are watching because they have access. And they have access to things that maybe you won't have access to. Why do I watch them? I watch them to get a review of a shoe that I know I have almost absolutely no chance of getting. But I still want to know how good it is. I still want to know what it looks like. What are the materials? Things like that. And we go to those channels to be able to ascertain that information. We go to those channels to be able to sort of live vicariously through these people. And so by taking a bad replica, a replica that we know, anybody who has bought a replica or has tapped into the replica market knows is total BS. Because what most people think of when they think of Fugazi, when they think of of replicas, when they think of fakes, is they think of those crappy ass shoes that you see at the flea market. The things that could never even pass for a wearable sneaker, let alone a wearable Jordan or a wearable Dunk. And that's just not what replicas are for the most part. What replicas really represent is an ability for a lot of us who are completely shut out of the retail market to be able to have some access to what is basically a 95% cut of the original thing, of the original shoe. And when they take these replicas that look so awful and basically embody the idea that most people have in their head, and it's most people who say to themselves, retail only, I'll only wear real shoes. And again, there is nothing wrong with that. However it is that you live your sneaker life is basically up to you, and I never will judge that. But these influence in their mind, they're playing off of this. Maybe they're not doing this consciously, but they're definitely doing it subconsciously. And by showing you a crappy replica, they're basically reinforcing the idea that you need to come to them to see the best real retails. And that's just it. If you flip it around, the rep tubers, the people that are only reviewing replicas, of course, you know, they're they're getting bad replicas are getting good replicas but what are they trying to convince you of they're trying to convince you that they have access to the best pairs and so maybe they won't give you their perfectly legitimate and honest opinion and again 
That's up to them. And that's up to you as the consumer to decide who you want to believe and who you don't want to believe. It's one of the reasons that I get out of the game in the first place, because to me, it's just not me. I can't take a shoe that I like, but don't necessarily love and ask you to spend money on it. I'll tell you if I feel like you can spend your money on it. I'll tell you if I feel like you can spend your money on it, but I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way to make sure that you spend money on something that I'm not necessarily in love with. And it really comes down to protecting themselves and protecting their brand because they need eyes, they need clicks, and that's how they make money. And that's really my answer. And that's why I think it's interesting because one of the things that I noticed recently is so many early pairs. Maybe this has been happening for a while, but a lot, a lot of influencers get all these early pairs. And I always wonder to myself, how many or what percentage of those early pairs are actually real replicas? I'm not entirely sure. But given what I know about the replica market, given what I know about the extensive nature of the replica market, less and less, I actually believe that these influencers have retail pairs that they've spent a lot of money on. I think some of the big ones do. I think Fomer Simpson has access. I think Seth Fowler has access. Sean Goh has access because they have established themselves within the community and obviously have channels to be able to get access to it. Now, Fomer Simpson will tell you that he has access to something that he does not own. So obviously he has the ability to be able to get a pair just to be able to make a video. And that access is actually very enviable because he doesn't have to go through the hoops to try to own them, but he is still able to make the content that keeps you, the consumer, going. Now, one channel that I actually have to give a, a little bit of props to is Wear Testers because when he, whenever they go and get a replica, they go and find a pair that's basically dead on to the retail. And the whole point that they are trying to state is that the people that are out there spending thousands of dollars on, let's say, the Travis Scott One Mocha, when you can get a replica for basically retail price that in a lot of ways is better than the original, it really depends on where you go. So don't take my word for it. But there are a lot of cases in which the craftsmanship is better, the materials are better, or even on par. And it's just a very, very negligible difference between the original and the replica. It all depends on whatever your preferences are. But the point is, He's not going out there to try to find the worst one to say, see, this is what I'm talking about. And I think that answers your question. So just be very weary who you watch. Be very weary who you decide to believe. Really, when it comes down to influencers, again, their job is to influence you. But the only person that can really advocate for your money, for your brain, for your time is you. And that's what I always used to say when I did YouTube reviews is you have to be your own advocate. Do your own research. Make sure you understand the people that you are getting information from. And if I don't have the information, I'm just flat not going to give it to you. At least that's what it used to be. But here, I just want the conversation. So I appreciate it, Enrique, for you asking me that question. And I appreciate other questions. I'm going to save those for different episodes because we can't shoot our wad here all at once. Uh, but I also want to say when it comes to accounts or people that are really trying to do the right work, I've plugged this guy before, but Rare Jordan, uh, he's one of the real ones. He's actually doing legitimate work in the authentication you know, places uh, for the companies that are actually trying to help people who are trying to buy retails, especially used. And he's doing a lot of great work. And if you go to his channel, yes, he's reviewing replica shoes. I know he doesn't wear them personally, but he's going to tell you whether something's good or not. And he's going to make sure that when you are looking out for your best interest in the sneaker market, specifically how your money is getting spent, that you're not going to get had. And he's always going to give you the good information. So Sean is a real one and you should go check him out because he is 
one of the people that is going to give you the best information. So I appreciate everybody tuning in this week. A little bit of a mixed bag this week. We're kind of going off in a different direction. We've laid the groundwork with the early episodes. You all know what sneaker culture is about. Now we're going to stick to the present and we're really going to talk about stuff that's kind of coming up. So if you have something you want me to talk about, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter and visit MattyIceMedia.com for the other podcasts that we do, such as The Manual and, of course, Drippin' Sports, which is my sports show. And sometimes I do a little bit of sneaker content on there, a little cross-pollination. So I appreciate everybody's time this week. Have a great week. Hug your loved ones. Make sure to always tell the people in your life that you love them and that you care about them. And I will talk to you next week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Sneaker Love with Matty Ice are those of Matt Freights and his guest, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice does not condone the purchase or sale of any counterfeit goods. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.